Bailey, COO of the Atlanta Healing Center, and along with Michael is David Donaldson, the CEO of the Atlanta Healing Center. We're going to have what I think is going to be quite an interesting show. <laughs> this is about over-the-counter, everyday, in some cases, used medications that you can buy without a prescription. Some of them are sold very easily in convenience stores. Most of them are available to anyone regardless of their age. And many of them lead to severe addiction, and some of them lead to death. So today we're going to talk about the legal, deadly, over-the-counter medications. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. We have at the Atlanta Healing Center, and I know from talking to colleagues over the weekend um, at a conference in Louisville, Kentucky, we're not the only ones seeing many more patients coming into treatment and struggling with some addictions to over-the-counter medications. We're aware of deaths. We're aware of people going to jail. Uh, one of the gentlemen I spoke with in Kentucky works at a drug court and talked about some of these medications actually resulting in people having positive drug tests, not just screens, but tests that then required them to go to jail. So this is serious business that I think most of us have no idea is going on. And it's something that I think parents, grandparents, teachers, community leaders, concerned citizens, nurses and doctors who may not be aware of the addictive potential of some of these substances need to understand what they are and where we're going with it. So which one shall we start with? (laughs) What a a good question. Um, um, As we've looked at the different substances that we've thought about for the list, I was thinking about when we first experienced one of them with the Atlanta Healing Center, and and that one, um, as you may remember, was was synthetic marijuana or um, Sylvia, I believe it's called, um, and it was a person that we were dealing with that was actually exhibiting schizophrenic signs, and and they they were completely out of touch with reality, and they were staying that way, and it was when we first met the person. Um, at least a month since last use, and he was still kind of stuck right. in this position. So not only are they um, um, easily available to people, the the consequences are so unpredictable and so so um, life-altering. Um, if not life-threatening. If not life-threatening, that, that really stopping and taking a time and to look at these, um, I think, is crucially important. Um, and- and the important thing that I think that you brought up was the fact that it's unpredictable. Like some of these consequences that these kids are, are suffering are from single use, you know? Right. Yeah, there certainly is a, a certain amount of predictability with with alcohol. Right. They know they can get really drunk. They know they and can make can themselves die a fool. And too drunk. people can die. Um, um, they know that they're going to be really just obnoxious and may um, hurt some feelings or whatever. But they don't necessarily think they're going to be out of their mind for the next six months, um, or that there's going to be um, something so drastically life changing from it that it's going to impact that one use is going to impact the rest of their life. 
and yet we see this. And it has been very interesting to me because as some of these drugs have, uh, or medications or whatever we want to call them, uh, have been uh, showing up in our patients, one of the things that many of my doctor colleagues as we're on at listserv and a, a private chat room we're asking each other, how are you treating this? What are you doing to detox this person? How are you managing not only the acute withdrawal, but how are you mag- managing the long-term problems such as what looks like schizophrenia that is not schizophrenia? Mm-hmm. And we're having to real-time try and figure out what's coming next and how are we going to manage what we have. It is, It, it becomes really quite uh, a big concern. Well, and many of these drugs we used to see in teenagers. We mm-hmm. used to see in the, unfortunately, in the 12-year-old crowd, because they couldn't access other substances. They couldn't even buy cigarettes legally. They can't buy alcohol. They don't have a driver's license. They can't go to the bluff and get heroin. So they were using some of these uh, substances and medications. Now we're seeing them in adults, (laughs) and we're seeing them being taken in huge doses, doses that are causing neurological problems, seizures, other kinds of, of short-term and chronic illnesses. So I think we need to get started. Which one should we start with? Well, I think that um, DMX, um, dextromethorphan, is, is the one that we're really seeing a lot of right now. And, and it was such a surprise when we first saw it. Um, because over over the years in, in working in the field, um, it was one that you just never saw in the adult population. Right. You saw it a lot, as you said, in the adolescent po- population. Um, but adults, <laughs> once they were legal, they were able to do something um, um, a little bit um, more grown up. <laughs> more sophisticated, <laughs> more expensive, more, more interesting perhaps. But the adults that we are meeting that are hooked on DMX... DXM, I'm switching that around. DXM, dextromethorphan, they cannot get off of that. They are. I'm so interested to hear what the other experts around the country are saying because it has been such a battle to get them to be able to get um, three days clean, five days clean, um, a week clean. The physiological addiction, as well as the psychological addiction, I think is so difficult with dextromethorphan. It, as you know, is the common ingredient that's found in over-the-counter cough medications. It was originally developed as a substitute for codeine or hydrocodone, which are scheduled, if you will. They require a prescription to get. This medication was developed as an alternative, and it has many properties, actually, that are quite similar in the structure and the withdrawal to opioid medications and like codeine or hydrocodone. And that's what I was going to you know, say earlier was that it's, it's strange because you'll get somebody in for their, their known opiate use. And then as you, as you delve into their addiction further and you look at, at their drug screens and you look at some of the things that are going on and some of the symptoms that they're having in withdrawal – 
then you're finding out that, oh, yes, in addition to the opiates, we have dextromethorphan or kratom or there's all these ores with things that they can buy right off the count, you know, over the counter. And this is certainly legal. It is available everywhere from a gas station to a grocery store to a pharmacy. You can buy it without prescription. The usual dose of dextromethorphan that an adult would take to be able to stop a cough for, and it lasts for about six to eight hours. The usual dose is anywhere from 15 milligrams to 30 milligrams. That's a usual adult dose. It comes, and most of us think of it as a liquid, a liquid cough medication. And um, people would take about a tablespoon, or they usually have little measuring cups, and you drink it. Often it is also available as a tablet or a capsule. The complication with this, well, there's many, but the first one is that often the cough medications have other ingredients. They have acetaminophen, like a Tylenol, um, something to help with a fever or muscle aches that someone might experience if they were having a bad cold or a cough or a flu. They often have guafenicin, which is a, um, it, it releases the mucus, it breaks up the mucus that might be in your chest, so it helps you to cough that crud out. Uh, they sometimes have a Sudafed, Sudafedrin-like substance to help you with um, a decongestant to make the muscle, the membranes shrink so that you can get airflow through your nose. Sometimes they also will have an antihistamine. So if the person's having allergy-like action or if they want to use the antihistamine to help them sleep. So you've got this little cocktail, including dextromethorphan. And the purists who use the dextromethorphan over time don't want to have to drink 1,500 milligrams Remember, 15 is the usual adult dose, 1,500 to 3,000 milligrams, um, which is one or two bottles of cough syrup that they would have to drink the whole bottle. In addition to the, the effect of dextromethorphan that we're going to talk about in a minute, they also can get side effects from some of these other medications. There is, unfortunately, some use for dextromethorphan. Uh, that didn't come out quite right. There is some use in pain management with dextromethorphan, and there is a long-acting form of a powdered dextromethorphan that can be a prescription, and I think we're going to see a lot more abuse of that. But now, certainly, folks will use the powdered form. That often doesn't have the additional Uh, ingredients, or they'll order pure dextromethorphan powder over the internet. Well, and they're able to order that at this point in time without a prescription. Absolutely. So they're able to get their hands on it. Um, You know, I was thinking with the the Tylenol, the the toxicity to the liver is a relatively low number in comparison to what they're taking. Right. So most of the people that we've worked with have really become amateur scientists in terms of figuring out just <laughs> what they want to get and where they can get it and, and um, how to take it in the way that's going to give them the opioid effect that they're seeking without all of those those um, 
bad side effects. Right. Um, and part of the motivation for these people um, is that they've been able to do this um, without any sort of doctor's order, without any prescription. But if they're on um, if they're on probation or if they're being monitored by their parents or something, this is not something that's going to be on a drug test. So it's been their legitimate way to get high. It's been a way to get high without having to consort with, with um, drug dealers so they don't have to really risk their reputation to go do this. Um, but they put such triggers into their brain that they cannot walk into a um, drugstore or a grocery store or a um, convenient mart without having cravings hit for for getting some dextromethorphan. The interesting thing about this um, particular medication is that at low doses, the person has an experience like an amphetamine, like a really potent stimulant. So they often have a racing heart, they sweat, they um, feel very energized, they feel revved up. The higher the dose gets, the more likely they are to have more of an opioid effect, uh, an effect like taking a prescription pain medicine. But they also have hallucinations and delusions. (laughs) And so, so depending on what you like and what you're looking for in your high, you can dose this medication to take you where you want it to be, which makes it much more appealing to many more people than you would previously have thought. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about dextromethorphan and some other over-the-counter medications you need to be careful with. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. 
Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. I have with me David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center. We're talking today about legal and potentially lethal over-the-counter medications and supplements that are creating quite a bit of havoc in uh, the world of addiction treatment, and certainly we're seeing more and more posts on the internet, more and more blogs and chats about using some of these substances. And because they are available to anyone, regardless of their age, without a prescription, we're seeing certainly what we've seen in the past, younger people using them. But we're now also seeing uh, young adults and older adults using these as legal ways to get high and in some t- cases legal ways to avoid um, detection through standard drug testing. Mm-hmm. We, of course, drug test for the substances that we're going to talk about today, but many places don't, and this has created quite a bit of difficulty. So, Michael, I know there's some common street names, so if you see these in texts or emails that your kids are sending out or receiving or you hear them talking on the phone, you might want to pay more attention if you hear these words. Right. Um, and I hear so many parents that come in and they they have seen their child's telephone, their smartphone or something, and they said, oh, in this text, um, I've seen like triple C, I've seen DEX, I've seen DXM, um, Robo, R-O-B-O. So <coughs> you might hear of robo-tripping, um, Skittles, and Velvet. Um, but several times I've had parents ask about Skittles in particular. You know? Right, and most of the time we think of those little candies, uh, candies the sweet colored, uh, the sweet multicolored candies. Well, some of the <coughs> over-the-counter tablets, um, I'm going to just use brand names because you're going to see them. Coracetin, that's where we see the triple C's. Uh, Coracetin cough and cold, that's why they call it triple C. Mm-hmm. That particular one looks like a little red Skittle. Mm-hmm. And so they call them Skittles. Um, they call that robo-tripping because robotussin is one of the liquid forms, the cough medicine that they often drink. Mm-hmm. And so you may you may see that. But and those two in particular um, are, are are names that we would hear um, on the adolescent unit. T- 15 years ago. So that piece in terms of the adolescent population, robo-tripping and, and you got any Skittles is, is a regular thing that we've heard. 
um, um, these others talking about the triple C's and actually just even bringing it into adulthood has been just so interesting. Right, the DXM. In fact, the first person that I treated um, or became aware of what had actually been addicted to ketamine, which is a highly regulated prescription IV anesthetic. And it's similar to PCP or angel dust. This person, when they lost their ability to obtain their drug of choice, they started using dextromethorphan as a way to have a similar high by using really, really high amounts. So, again, the lower dose, it's more like a stimulant. The moderate dose, you get the hallucinations, the delusions, and that's much more like um, a marijuana or um, other kinds of um, substances that will give you that kind of experience. ecstasy, but when you get to the higher doses, then you're going to begin to see stuff like um, the PCP or ketamine effect. And this is when we start to see some really significant changes, not only in their behavior, but actually their physical makeup. Um, We see they become overly excited. They're often sweating. Um, This person actually was discovered because they were not able to urinate. They couldn't urinate. They hadn't urinated all day and eventually had to be taken to the hospital because this causes constriction of the sphincters, so you can't urinate, you can't defecate. You have very dry mouth, dry eyes. Uh, all of these things happen, and this person had to go to the hospital and be catheterized and wait for the drug effect to wear off before they could urinate on their own. And that's sometimes the way that you might actually come to understand that a person is using that. Um, their blood pressure goes way high. They will often have unusual movements of their eyes. Their eyes will shake or quiver. Mm -hmm. They will also have what we call fasciculations, where if you look at the muscles on their arms, it looks like there's worms underneath their skin because the muscles are contracting at not together as they should to help us pick something up or put something down, but they're all just randomly contracting. So part of the muscle is contracting. Part of the muscle is contracting, and they're not synchronized. So their gait, the way they walk, is often very off balance. Sometimes they're paralyzed, and they're not able to even move for a period of a few minutes to a few hours. And this can be really scary um, to some people and certainly to folks around them. It's um, it's really, really not good, and over time you're going to have trouble with Uh, potential long-term high blood pressure, significant liver damage, seizures are not uncommon in these folks, and you can actually overdose and die. Most of the deaths related to dextromethorphan have been related to the dextromethorphan that's in combination with other substances, but you can die from this drug. Overdose is not unusual. And as you said earlier, David, the compulsion for these folks to continue to use. Many of them have a spiritual 
um, experience while using these drugs, and they feel it makes them very close to their higher power, to God, to the spirit world. And the experience is extremely compelling for many patients, and so they want to continue that feeling. It's interesting um, listening to you talk about the the different effects they get from the different doses, and and you you wonder, are they starting out with just liking that getting high or that kind of marijuana effect, Mm -hmm. but with tolerance, they begin using more and more, and they move into that place where they're they're becoming more of the the ketamine um, effect where they're kind of in a dissociative state. Right. Um, and in that state, they're they're really kind of falling in love with the experience. And it is very compelling to use because the withdrawal from this is quite unpleasant. Though it may have an experience like ecstasy or marijuana or an experience even like ketamine, none of which should cause a withdrawal syndrome. Unfortunately, dextromethorphan does have a significant withdrawal syndrome that looks exactly like coming off heroin. Mm-hmm. Only it lasts longer, doesn't it? Only it lasts longer. It's very uncomfortable. And one of the ways in which we have to treat these folks is to use a buprenorphine product, the same thing we would use to get someone off oxycodone, um, the long-acting or short-acting form of that, fentanyl, um, heroin. We use the same and have to use the same medication to get people off of this. Plus, we have to be very careful that they're not going to have seizures, so we often have to add an anti-seizure medication along with it because of um, the difficulty that they will have with high anxiety, agitation, and difficulty sleeping when they stop taking this drug. Well, and I think even part of the problem with that that's been so frustrating for us is that even those suboxone or buprenorphine will... Um, stop the opioid-like withdrawal syndrome, it doesn't block all of the benefits of somebody using it. And so they will continue to have cravings and they'll continue to relapse because they're getting other things from it other than what's being blocked by the buprenorphine. Right, Mm -hmm. because it does have this wide range of actions in the brain. Uh, They can still have a high sometimes, unfortunately, even with the opiate blockers on board. So it's a very scary drug. It's a very scary detox, and it's a very scary long-term recovery program because many of these folks do not do well at all, and they have a hard time giving it up. Well, and when you talk to some of them, like David was saying earlier, it's hard it's hard to live life without going into a convenience store, a grocery store, a gas station, mm-hmm. um, several things that you have to do on a pretty much daily basis. Right. And those are all big triggers now. Yeah, those those become um, just impossible places to go. Part of what we always talk about with addiction is the faster end, the the more addictive the the substance. And and so it's it's you think about um, with with the changing alcohol laws that now you can go into a convenience store and you can get alcohol, you can get beer or wine. But this would be like if you're having 150 proof um, rum sitting there at the checkout for you to have to deal with saying no to. I mean, it's your brain is knowing that is something that's going to get you really, really quickly to where you want to be. Right. 
And no one thinks much of it. So if you see bottles of uh, cough syrup in your uh, loved one's trash can, if you're seeing them constantly taking uh, cold and cough medication, you might want to check closely and make sure that there's not a bigger problem because it cuts across all socioeconomic educational levels this is an equal opportunity and unfortunately completely legal drug that you can use right um well i think moving on along with these other substances um where i know we're about to have to take a break but i was just thinking about inhalants as as another product that in and um, Afro, um, nasal spray that people become first physically dependent on, but they also can become get pretty high from these substances. So when we come back, we'll be talking about um, inhalants. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and this is Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. We're talking today with David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center, and we're talking about perfectly legal, over-the-counter, available to everybody, regardless of your age, medications and some supplements that are not only very addictive but potentially lethal. And right before the break, David, you started talking about inhalants. 
This is a much bigger problem than most people realize. And you can really die, and there's several ways you can die from using inhalants. So these are common, over-the-counter, everyday products, variety of products that Mm -hmm. you can use, and you use it by inhaling it or breathing it in. So initially I had mixed it in there with medications because the other thing that we're going to come to next is a medication, but this is more of just common everyday household products. Um, This is things like um, um, whiteout correction fluid, like cleaning fluids, paints, glues, um, gasolines, um, and and a lot of that is things that they're they're putting into um, um, a plastic bag and they're huffing from that or they're huffing directly from the from that and and basically they get a a brief um, a momentary kind of rush, mm-hmm. but it's it's a it's a really fast experience that they just keep repeating and repeating and repeating to keep that effect going, and it is literally doing. Um, physical. physical brain damage right. each time they're doing that. Um, and, off, and when we're looking at, at brain scans and we're looking at, um, at the impact of their mm-hmm. use, this is the one product that we are seeing. You are literally making yourself stupid every single time you do it. Right. And you can die the first time you use it. Uh, as you inhale it, it replaces oxygen on the red blood cells, and you can literally just smother to death even though you're still breathing. Sometimes they'll pour uh, the liquid like gasoline or paint thinner on a cloth and put that over their face so that they every time they breathe they get another dose. And this, again, can cause asphyxiation from that because one of the side effects is it makes you very nauseated. You may vomit and then choke on your vomit and die that way. Sometimes because you're using a plastic bag, you might spray the inside of a plastic bag with spray paint and then breathe that in either through a plastic, hopefully a paper bag, but if you're using a plastic bag, you can become unconscious and then the plastic bag is over your nose and your mouth and you um, die that way. There are people who do die the first time they use it. When I'm in Turkey doing some volunteer work at the treatment center for adolescent boys, their drug of opportunity, unfortunately, is inhalants. They're very poor. They've lived on the street, some of them for many years. So they go around construction sites. They siphon. They put a, a rag down in a gas tank from a car and soak the gas, um, and then they breathe that. It creates in them permanent neurological damage. This isn't just the momentarily you're intoxicated and so you are not behaving and acting normally. No, this is actual damage to the neurons themselves that do not heal and repair. So they have trouble walking. They have trouble with coordination. They often don't have smooth movements. They will have a lot of difficulty with learning, with memory. And it's um, really tragic because they have no idea how serious this is. And kids, at least one in five eighth graders has said uh, that they have huffed in the last year. So this is really much more common than most people think. 
and it's household items that you would never worry about because they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was um, interesting in my earlier part of the career, I was, I was working on adolescent inpatient unit, and um, you take special precautions in terms of what office supplies you have available anyway, but if you knew that there was a kid on the unit that had issues with huffing, you did an extra scope of the right. office to make sure all of those products were counted and, and we knew exactly where they were. Um, because they would absolutely pick up and snort anything they could. They, if you magic left a, markers. A magic marker, <laughs> if you left a highlighter, if you left anything that's going to give them that sensation of snorting in through their nose, they're going to pick it up and try and get high with it. And, and back then, what we noticed is some of these people died because they would accidentally ingest the product that they were taking, and, and all of these products are poisonous. Right. right. There's not one of these that's, that that's, you can take. should be ingested and, and taken into your system. No, no. So, again, be aware of what are you seeing. Uh, are you seeing evidence of paint on people's faces, on people's hands that shouldn't be there? Uh, take stock of what's around. There's also something called whippets which is uh, using the nitrous oxide that is in the whipped cream canisters. Uh, it's used as a propellant to whip the cream up quickly, and you can actually you know, buy the can that's already whipped cream and get a little bit off of that. But most of the time, they get these little silver canisters that are about an inch and a half, two inches long, and they use a professional whipped cream maker that they might buy at a you know, a uh, home goods kitchen. store or a kitchen store, and then they, they rather than putting cream in it, they will squeeze the trigger and then inhale the gas. And this, again, is like the nitrous oxide that you might get at the dental office, and yes, this can kill you. So it's um, not a good thing. So be aware if you're seeing these kinds of things. And it is a product that you see now in a lot of kitchens. There are a lot of a lot of people who like to make their own whipped cream, and especially around holiday season, right. to do that. I grew up with you know just the tub, and you get the whipped cream out of that. <laughs> well, I don't think that was real cream, David. I'm just saying. But you did mention another thing that you snort and inhale, and this is the very common over-the-counter. Probably everybody's used it. I'm going to just say the name Afrin Nasal Spray. Now, there are many different, that's the brand name most people are familiar with, and there are lots of different uh, brands that carry the same ingredient. If you read the warning label, the directions label, which, let's be honest, most of us don't read the instructions very well, it says very clearly, do not use more than once every 12 hours and do not use for more than three to five days. Now, it works very well for a serious congestion that you might have from a cold, but one of the things that begins to happen is as you use it, You are, um, one of the doctors I was reading his blog was talking about, it's like putting a tourniquet on your leg. So if you put a tourniquet on your leg for 12 hours and then you take it off, you've constricted the blood flow. Same thing happens in your nose when you use the chemical um, tourniquet called nasal spray. 
and you use that and you take it off, the blood comes back in, you use it again. If you continue to put a tourniquet on your leg and then take it off, you are going to cause severe oxygen deprivation to the tissue in your foot. (laughs) And eventually your leg will swell up, just like the inside of your nose will start to swell up. More blood vessels will try and form to try and get the blood to the area that you're chemically um, causing a tourniquet on. And over time, the swelling gets worse. You have to start using it more and more frequently. The rebound effect gets worse and worse. The areas begin to have actual starvation of oxygen and nutrients. And you can eventually get to the place where you can't breathe without using this every hour, 24 hours a day. People can't breathe. There have been cases I had to put one person in the hospital and give them IV steroids in order to block that rebound of the swelling of the tissues so that they could breathe so that we could stop them from doing that. Some doctors, ear, nose, and throat doctors, will have to actually go in and cut away the damaged tissue that has necrosed because people do (laughs) use this and abuse it. So please read the directions. If you're using an over-the-counter medication and it says 15 milligrams of cough medication, don't drink the whole bottle. If it says just use for three to five days every 12 hours, then don't use it for weeks and months on end. Because I promise you, if you don't have a chemical addiction, you will definitely, uh, if you don't have a physiological addiction, you will have definitely a physical addiction with and a psychological addiction. People get really panicked when they can't breathe. <laughs> and, it, I mean, it's a scary thing. And I have seen this uh, multiple times where people have become addicted to the nasal spray. Some and our patients who have the disease of addiction are particularly vulnerable because one of the ways many of our patients use drugs, at least in the beginning, is through snorting. So that's either they started out using, you know, huffing, they might start out snorting their Adderall at school, they might start out snorting the pain medicines, and they eventually go on to other things generally, but snorting is something they really... Has, has a lot of ritualistic meaning to them and can be a real trigger for them to keep doing it. And if a little is good, more is always better. Right, of course. <laughs> that is the motto. So inhalants of chemical products, highly addictive, highly damaging. Inhaling nasal spray for colds while you get some immediate relief not exactly our safest thing. You highlighted two um, really interesting points in terms of addicts. Um, one is that that addicts, real common, will read labels not to be healthy, <laughs> but because they're looking for what's going to give them a buzz. They're looking: is this warning sign something that I need to worry about because it's going to kill me, or because it's going to cause addiction? And if so, if I only use it this one time, but I use a lot of it, I'm going to get a really good high. 
and their brain's not going for it's going to take over my life. It's just going to really make me feel good right now. And that will absolutely trigger somebody. If it says only use this amount, their brain's going to be like, I need it. I need it, and I need a little bit more than that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about something that's of great concern to me, and that's this new, well, it's not new, but the drug Kratom that we're seeing more and more people struggle with. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and I have Michael Daly and David Donaldson from the Atlanta Healing Center today, and we're talking about... Over-the-counter, some of the medications, one we're going to talk about next is a supplement, um, or household cleaning, painting um, products that are perfectly legal, that you can buy them regardless of your age, that you can use at your will, but can certainly create not only 
physiological dependence, psychological dependence, addiction, and death, some of them, many of them, unfortunately. Before we talk about our last subject, which is one that's really significant to me, and that's Kratom, I just did also want to mention very briefly um, a study that has come out by the FDA showing that e-cigarettes have made a change in the the rate of children starting to smoke. As you know, for many years, we were seeing a decrease in the number of new um, cigarette um, users. And going back again to perfectly legal, available regardless of the age, the FDA does not have control, although they're trying to crack down on e-cigarettes. American... uh, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can buy these legally. So to buy regular cigarettes, you've got to be 18, 21 if you live in Hawaii and a couple of other states. But unfortunately, we're seeing many, many, many children starting to smoke using the e-cigarettes that they can legally buy and they can legally over order over the Internet. So talk about something that's going to kill you. That will do it. So, please support any local or federal legislation that will stop the access of e-cigarettes and allow those to be at least regulated under the FDA as other nicotine products are. So, let's talk about Kratom. Wow, this has been um, a drug that... um, has an interesting history. It comes from a plant that is in the same family as the coffee plant, and it grows wild uh, throughout Thailand, Malaysia, Myanmar, and other parts of Southeast Asia. These are big trees that grow um, 50 feet tall and can have a a, a spread of wingspan, that's not the right term, a branch diameter. <laughs> diameter of over 15 feet. The natives, people who live um, in these countries, would often chew these leaves off the plant. They would um, brew them into tea or make them into powder. The interesting thing, just like we talked about dextromethorphan, the way in which kratom affects an individual is often similar to what we see with dextromethorphan, in that at lower doses, it causes a stimulant effect. And with the kratom, the uh, folks living in this region would chew on these leaves or brew them into tea and it would give them energy to continue to work. It's an appetite suppressant and um, it helped them not feel so much pain from muscle aches as they worked really, really hard. In 1943, the um, Thai government brought forth the Kratom Act, which made the planting or cultivating of these trees illegal. And they have made this an illegal substance um, to be used. I mean, you're not, you cannot use it legally in South, Southeast Asia and certainly not in um, Thailand. Although they do continue to make it um, and they often will brew it and then mix it in either cough syrup, interestingly enough, or um, 
a soda, a cola soda, and drink it. So that continues to be a big, big problem. Fast forward, Kratom has now become something that we're seeing all over the United States. Right now, this remains, at least under federal government, uh, perfectly legal. A number of states have had uh, state legislation to make it illegal to sell this. Unfortunately, Georgia had a bill that um, w- did not pass our legislature, so it is. It remains legal. This is now a- available for purchase over the counter. Most often found right at the counter at truck stops and convenience stores, gas stations. Lots of these places will sell this, and lots of people are using it. And now they're selling it right next to the energy drink drinks. And they'll have it bottled um, so it looks just like those little energy drinks, which, which you know create their own concerns because um, those are just massive amounts of caffeine. But these have that caffeine boost as well as that little something extra that comes from Kratom. Um, and, and so people are people have access to it in in bags and as the tea form. They have it now in the powdered form and they have it right there at the pre mixed energy drinks um, mm-hmm. um, to to get get a hold of them as at, from any direction. In the United Kingdom they call this the herbal speed ball. Because, again, um, the initial effect and at lower doses is the stimulant effect. And at higher doses, guess what? It has an opioid effect. Mm -hmm. It gives you um, the same action on the opiate receptors in your brain as does heroin, fentanyl, Oxycontin. And the... um, speed at which people become tolerant to this drug. They start out wanting to use it for energy to help them with weight loss, to help them not feel hungry. Um, Quickly, though, their use escalates till they're spending hundreds of dollars a day buying this and drinking it and using it multiple times a day. Because when it goes out of their system, Um, And it usually takes about 5 to 10 minutes for it to be absorbed and for the people to begin to feel the action. And it lasts anywhere from 2 to 5 hours. Uh, Of course, the more frequently you use it, the shorter the period of time it lasts and the more you have to take. And the withdrawal is just like that of heroin. Well, and and the funny thing is that, that sometimes we get folks in that have, you know, they've They've become addicted to heroin. They've become addicted to opiates. And apparently on the Internet at some point there's been studies or, you know, uh, I, I use the word studies, not studies, but there's there's the indication that you can take Kratom as a way to wean yourself off of heroin or opiates. And it can be used as a, you know, medicinal um, type of thing. Well, and that it's going to be much more effective than what the doctors are prescribing in terms mm-hmm. of either either naloxone or buprenorphine. 
So there, it's getting pushed. And I was going to say, actually, the way we began experiencing it was in a neighboring state. Um, it was being really talked about as the way to get off of opiates and to, or the way to still get some of that effect that you would get mm-hmm. from opiates without such a risk. Right, because it's legal, and mm-hmm. you can buy it, and it's um, it's right there. And it's not tested for by probation officers. Right. So you can get away with it. It wasn't. It wasn't. It is It's probably now. starting to. <laughs> and that was some of the good news when I was in Kentucky, was that the probation officers are now sending drug tests, um, at least they, in that state, routinely off for not just a dipstick or a point-of-care instant read but off for GCMS confirmation where they can actually get the test for things like kratom, things like dextromethorphan, some of these others, bath salts, other substances that um, uh, don't show up on classic drug tests. Well, and a lot of the people, when they first start out with this, they have no idea that this is causing um, these horrific um, when you withdraw, you know, so they don't realize that mm-hmm. this is that they're in full flesh withdrawal. Well, and and that they're in full fledged addiction. Yes, because it's it causes cravings, it causes um, an increase in tolerance, and and um, it causes it gives them the high initially, but then they have to increase their dose to keep getting that desired effect, um, and so they are physically as dependent on that as they ever were with their opiates and they're they're in this delusional state that it's not nearly as bad even though they're spending more money on this now than they were in their addiction and they are finding unfortunately that then they still do have to come and see us and have a opioid uh, detox using the same medications we would have used to get them off their heroin. So I would encourage all of you to look around to monitor what's happening in your household and look out for these very legal and very lethal over-the-counter medications and supplements. We'll see you next week on Detailing Addiction. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.